Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Good. All right. All right. Thank you. And thank all of you for being here. You know, um, we've been doing the Cutting Edge program for several years now. I I think about three years or or something in that neighborhood. And we've had um, somewhere between 100 and 150 of these spiritual laws of nature that we've shared on these programs. We've never done the same one twice. And of those 100 to 150, there have probably been about 10 that that I would call foundational. Uh, And we shared one of those a few weeks ago. Um, And and the foundational ones are ones that that you just have to have. They are just like the foundation of your house. If you really need this in order to be on track in your life and and to live the life that you want to live, which includes health and your career, finances, relationships. It really includes everything. Okay, so today is one of those. It is a foundational truth to me. Um, You know, when we're little kids, I can remember this vividly, playing uh, all kinds of sports in the backyard. You know, we we score the winning touchdown, and we jump up and down, and we're so excited, and we go into the house and, and uh, say, Mom, Dad, I scored the winning touchdown. And, you know, they hug, they hug you and say, Good job, way to go. Well, or it happens in Little League or on the ball team, you know, that sort of thing. And then if you happen to have that terrible thing happen where you drop the what would have been the game-winning catch in the big game when you're a little kid, oh, you just feel awful. I mean, I lost the game. And, and some of your teammates may not look at you or, you know, they may not be mad at you because they, they know that could have happened to them too, but they're just kind of bummed like you are. And and I used to take those things particularly hard uh, because I grew up in a situation, and, and I've shared some of this before, where I had an older brother named Roger who was six years older than me, and he was better at me than every, at everything. He was smarter than me, made better grades than me, better looking than me, more popular than me, never did anything wrong, you know, and my parents were, were really pretty good about it. They weren't always holding him up to me and saying, why can't you be more like Roger? But I felt that anyway, because I was always getting into trouble. And so I grew up in a situation where I believed I'm not as good as Roger. There's something wrong with me. I don't measure up, uh, you know, that sort of thing, okay? Um, Well, a few few, uh, months ago, I had the great honor to meet a wonderful, wonderful, world-class gentleman in every way, uh, just as a person, spiritually, professionally, 
just an amazing guy. And this guy, um, this guy has uh, coached professional athletes for decades. All right, incredible guy, and and with fabulous world class results. Okay. And uh, he came to me because of the healing codes. That's, that's how we made contact. And um, since then, I've heard him lecture. And it, it absolutely fascinated me because he said that uh, in all the years that he has coached professional athletes, he's found one common thread and only one. All right? And, and the reason it's fascinating to me is because it's, it is a spiritual law of nature. And like a lot of these spiritual laws, they tend to be the opposite of what most people do or what most of the experts teach. In, in other words, they tend to be paradoxical, all right? And this one is too. And, and what this gentleman uh, was teaching in his lecture, and then I talked to him about it after I heard it, um, is that the one common thread that he has found in professional athletes as far as um, knowing what's going on with them and where they are in their life is whether they take credit or not. And he said that in all his years, the only common thread he'd ever found in, in professional athletes of all types was that the ones who take credit have no joy in their life. If things are going good, they're happy but not joyful. If things go bad, they're bummed and depressed or angry or, or something. But the ones that don't take credit seem to have joy all the time. And I find that absolutely fascinating because I've been teaching that for years from the negative perspective. Now, he was talking about it mainly from the positive perspective um, of the, the professional athletes, you know, when they interview them and all they do is talk about themselves and, yeah, man, I made a game-changing play and that's what I'm capable of and now maybe people will understand what I'm all about. And, and you know, those kind of things that you hear all the time all over the place these days um, versus the athletes that would say, you know what, um, I, I, I give the credit to God or my mother or my offensive line or, <laughs> or, or whatever, but they deflect. They don't take the credit and say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just out there doing the best I can, and some days it turns out really good, some days it doesn't. Today it did. My, my offensive line was just incredible. He said the guys that do that and really mean it, have joy in their life all the time. The guys who take the credit for themselves don't have joy. They're okay if their circumstances are good. They're not okay if their circumstances are bad. Now, this also applies to, to taking credit for the bad stuff, even though that's not what he was lecturing about. And, and that happened in, uh, in my life 
in one of the most life-changing things that's ever happened to me. And, and um, most of you know that I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, I'm not religious. I run the other way from religion. It took me decades to recover from my religious upbringing. But um, I try very hard to live a spiritual life, and uh, my relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in my life. All right? Now, I don't talk about that much. The only reason I'm saying it now is because I need to relay a story to you years ago that taught me this spiritual law of nature, all right? I already shared with you the thing about how I could never live up to my brother Roger. And so that's how I grew up, you know? If I'm in a a classroom of 30 people, well, of course I'm not going to measure up. I can't even measure up to one brother, that lives in the same house with me. So I, there's no way I'm going to measure up to a whole classroom of, of, of people. Now, that wasn't the truth, but it's what I believed. And uh, I was always doing things wrong. I was always getting into trouble. Uh, I was raised on this. Uh, I was raised on a wrong concept of sin that absolutely ate my lunch and made me feel like that God didn't love me either, and, and, and I didn't measure up to God. Now, today, I don't believe a word of that was true, but I still believed it for, for many, many years. And one day, I came across um, an ancient manuscript that transformed my life literally from one moment to the next, all right? And, that, and that's why I had to share with you today what, kind of where I'm coming from spiritually, because it's in the Bible, in the book of Romans, in, in, in chapter 7 of the book of Romans. And I tell you what, uh, I believe that someday I'm going to be in heaven, and when that happens, if God will allow me to kiss his feet and thank him for Romans 7, uh, I, that, I, I have every intention of that being one of the very first things I do, because it saved my life and still does regularly. And here's why. Yeah, I just shared with you kind of my programming and where I was coming from all my life. And I came across this um, manuscript one day, and here's, here's what it says. You can read it for yourself. I'm going to paraphrase. But it basically says that if I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do, and I do that over and over and over. <laughs> and, and when I read that, it was like, is there a spy camera following me around in my life somewhere? <laughs> because that is my life, man. I'm always doing stuff I don't want to do, and I'm always not doing the stuff I do want to do. In fact, that probably would have been the number one theme of my life if I had written it a number of years ago, Okay. And, and so this, this uh, manuscript is saying exactly that. It said, hey, is this happening to you? Is this how you feel? Is this your experience? Okay? And I'm like, yes. And I'm a, I mean, I, I, was starting, I, I was starting to cry just when I read that part, not even the conclusion of it, but just that part, because Maybe somebody understands me. Maybe God understands what I'm going through and how I feel, okay? 
So let's continue with the manuscript. Uh, if you're doing what you don't want to do, not doing what you do want to do, and you're doing that over and over and over, which yes, yes, and yes for me. Now get this. This is what absolutely threw me against the wall. If that's happening, it's not you doing it. Oh, my goodness. Well, wait a minute. I remember doing it. How can it not be me doing it? And, 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 and you have to look at that kind of in the context of the overall manuscript because God has taken care of that, all right? But, but, but it's not you doing it because you're not the source. Now, wait a minute. So I'm not the source of the bad stuff. Correct. If you are doing what you don't want to do, not doing what you do want to do, whether you call that sin, the way I grew up, or just doing or just messing up, which is which is how I might be more inclined to say it today, it's not you doing it. Well, that means if it's not me doing it, I'm not guilty. I don't have to feel ashamed. I don't have to feel inferiority. I don't have to feel all this bad stuff about me that I've been feeling all my life. Could that possibly be true? And the resounding answer is yes, it is absolutely true. But the other side is true too. I also can't take credit because the good stuff is not me either. Now that doesn't mean that I'm never accountable for anything that I do. I am accountable, and that's right there in those manuscripts too. But I'm not the source, okay, which is, which is everything. Because if I'm the source, then that means that's my identity. And that's what kept beating me to a pulp. That my identity is that Alex is this. Alex is bad. Alex is sinful. Alex doesn't measure up. Alex is, is not worth the time and effort. Alex is not worth being loved, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the only... The only break I got from that is if I caught the touchdown pass and got to run in and say, hey, I, I, I made the game-winning pass and then they would love me and hug me and say, way to go, and I would feel good for 10 minutes until I was right back to I'm not worth anything. But this eternal truth in ancient manuscripts says that all of that is a lie. That I am not the source and because of that, it is not me doing it, the good or the bad, all right? So if it's not me doing it, what is it? Well, it says it is sin living in me, all right? So it's in me like a splinter. Well, if you get a splinter, is the splinter you? I mean, if you have a splinter in your finger and it's hurting and somebody notices that, and they say, hey, what's wrong with your finger? And you hold your finger out, 
do you say, yeah, uh, I have this splinter as, as, as part of me? I mean, I'm not even sure how to say that. But, because no one ever says that. You would never say that that is you. You would say, I've got a splinter, and I need to pull it out because it's not me, and it's hurting me. Well, according to these manuscripts, that's the way the junk is, okay? It's not me. It's a splinter that's in me that, yeah, I need to get rid of, and that's what we do in the healing codes is we try to find these splinters and heal them. Now, that doesn't mean you can... You can you can use the healing codes to be in a right relationship with God. No, you have to be in relationship with God, just like with a person. It doesn't mean you can use them to forgive. No, if you need to make something right with a person, you've got to make it right. This is just the healing code is a tool that kind of sweeps up the floor of all the junk, all right, that, that's weighing you down, that's hurting you, that's making you believe something about yourself um, that's not that's not the truth. All right. Um, nothing is yours. You are not the source of good or bad. Now that doesn't mean you should quit doing good stuff. We're supposed to do good stuff, but when we do something good, we should say, "Oh, thank you, God. That was cool. I appreciate you letting me do that." or enabling me to do that, or helping me do that, all right? Because I believe if God didn't give me my next breath, I'd fall over dead, all right? So everything good is a gift from Him. It's not me. Um, so anyway, um, this to me, this is a foundational truth that very few people understand and even fewer live by. We tend to be like me when I was 10, if I do good, I if I do something good, I feel good about me. If I do something bad, I feel guilty and bad about me. And guys, that is just a lie. It's a lie. That is not who you are. That is not your identity. If you identify with that as your identity, it will lead you down the path of death in your relationships, in your health, in your career and, and finances, in everything that you do. But, but to me, this is such wonderful, great news. Because it means that I'm good, that, God, that I'm made good. I believe I'm made in the image of God. I am good. And I no longer have to identify with any of that junk that's not me. Yeah, maybe I did it, but I was not the source of it. All right? So um, this is, to me, I, the, the full name of this, we didn't put this all in the email, but to me the full name of this is I have it in my notes is the one-question diagnosis for most everything that's bad. And that is simply, are you taking credit for it from the good side or the bad? If you're taking credit for the good, it leads to feelings of superiority. 
and arrogance and pride. If you're taking credit for the bad, it leads to feelings of inferiority and worth and rejection issues. And yes, both of those activate the stress response. Even the good one activates the stress response and dumbs you down, drains your energy, makes you sick, etc. So this week, what I would advise you to do is to use the one-question diagnosis for your life overall. So say, overall in my life. Am I taking credit? Am I determining who I am by what I do and don't do? Do that also for every particular area of your, of your life. In my relationships, am I taking credit? In my career, am I taking credit? In my health, am I taking credit? And then do the Ken Johnston. Take a look at, at, at whatever is not working in your life. And I would start with what's not working the most and use the one-question diagnosis and say, all right, am I taking credit in this issue in my life that is causing me pain and suffering and is not working? What's the solution? Quit taking credit. Quit believing the lie that you're the source and use the healing code to change that programming to heal those underlying issues. But then once you do that, the conscious part, the everyday a hundred times part is quit taking credit. I'm not the source. The good is the gift from God. The bad is a splinter in me, but it's not me. So I just need to relax, enjoy my life, pray, and live in truth and love moment by moment.